But I would say, uh, I express my gratitude to Professor Marcus, who had given me an opportunity to come and address you. I dedicate this lecture to my teacher, Professor Walter Murray Wonham, from whom I learned control systems almost uh, 25, 30 years back when he visited our institute, IIT Kanpur. So he taught us discrete event systems and temporological specifications of control systems. My PhD is on logic. I worked on Markovian logic, constructive mathematical logic, so in which we developed a theory for signal and image processing, including logical control. The crime prediction support system, a state-of-the-art artificial intelligence-based crime prediction. Generally, police officer, I was also a police officer a long number of years back. Once the offense is committed, some crime has been committed, then people go there and apprehend people, put them in jail, there are a lot of legal proceedings, what not and what. The present day situation, some of my colleagues who are in the apex of the Indian government, and in addition to the US, uh, some of the companies, they thought, why not we go in for a kind of prevention? Prevention is better than cure. So prevent crime. So is it possible to have a kind of a strategic a model by which we can predict what's going to happen? <coughs> after one week, after 10 days, after one month or so, so that the security person can be moved to that particular place to prevent the crime. So the crime zones become crime-free zones. That is our intention. So with that idea in mind, we have been working for the past two years on this particular project. Since this is a center for ethics, I would like to spend some time, one or two minutes on this, my subjective interpretation. <coughs> ethics, this is a spatio-temporal attribute to human behavior. <coughs> ethics <coughs> is related to body, mind, and intellect. We call it as a bare mind. I divide this ethics into two. I'm not getting into the theory. We have gone through theory enough. It's my own subjective interpretation. A code of conduct stipulated by any one of the three components, body, mind, and intellect. Just one component. That stipulates you have to be like this. Your moral behavior must be like this. The code of conduct must be like this. That dictates and that is called abstract ethics. If the code of conduct is dictated by more than one component, then we call a concrete ethics. We are concerned here about the concrete ethics. Then we talk about subjective ethics and objective ethics. A concrete ethics pertaining to just one individual. I have my own ethics. I remember to have gone through some of the articles by A.G. Gardner, Alpha of the Plot, an English man, during 60s, 1960s, on the rule of the road, 
we have freedom. You have freedom to play violin. That doesn't mean that you can play violin in the middle of the road, middle of the night. Enjoy your freedom with the sense of responsibility too, without causing any damage to the freedom of others. So, subjective ethics, it says I have a freedom to do. The moment you interact with others, it becomes an objective ethics. That is a concrete ethics pertaining to more than one individual. Then what about law? Law. As an individual, we have subjective ethics. As a group of individuals, we have objective ethics. And as a state, as a government, we have a law. We stipulate, we say that this is the code of conduct the citizens must obey. The statutory rule framed on objective ethics by a group or a government. So that is law. What about the crime? Any security threat caused by an individual or a group against law, <coughs> disobedience, civil disobedience. So that is a crime in general. I'm not going to the actual definition of crime. Then who are posing major threats? Domestic threats, you know very well. Petty thieves, branded thieves, criminals, economic offenders, anti-social elements, religious fanatics, separatists, corrupted individuals, traitors. Then external threats, these are all internal, local, inside the country. External threats, other countries, terrorists, illegal migrants. These people may cause problems, security threat. The domestic threats, which I have been working for quite some time, way back in 1977 onwards, I was working in the crime intelligence. So these are the things you know, which, as an individual, my experience, I just put it this way. All countries, they are getting betrayed by some individuals and groups. What are the reasons? Why do betray the country? Reasons may be many. Maybe disappointment, the political vendetta, religious misconceptions, dogmatic fanaticism, rivalry and so on. These are the things which cause problems. Outcome of this treason, sedition and sabotage. Youngsters are seduced to join terror outfits. Military secrets are being sold for money. Materials and worldly pressures counterfeiting and distribution of fake notes to destabilize nation's economy is happening in India, is happening everywhere. Provocation for strikes and uh, non-cooperation to decrease productivity. Countermeasures. These are the countermeasures which I suggest. In fact, I was doing it actually. Electronic countermeasures communication intelligence, radar intelligence, that kind of stuff, surveillance drones, drone applications we have, artificial intelligence, machine learning, to understand human psychology, the human system, society, then cyber security. Lots of cyber crimes are taking place nowadays, I hope all of you know that. 
than predicting, predicting and preventing crimes. This is what we concentrate. We have a project. It's a U.S. project. We are working on this, the crime data analytics, which I'll be discussing with you. Then geovision. There are situations, you know, very well, during World War and all, people have been putting mines under the ground, and many people lost their lives, legs and limbs. So is it possible to detect these uh, antisocial elements or war criminals, you know, to detect the mines under the explosives under the ground? In a positive sense, is it possible to detect oil, underground oil resources like that, gems, you have coal, your diamonds, all kinds of minerals, rare earth elements, all these things could be detected. Is it possible? Through artificial intelligence, it's possible we have already done that job. Now, it's a project with an idea of a net-centric cloud and physical infrastructure deemed to be developed. Actually, we are in the process of developing it in this project. It would coordinate people, people-centric, various governments throughout global level and private security agencies, emergency units, and media with the idea of creating a safe and happy world. This is the what you call the objective of this particular project. Some of the allied activities, you can read that out. These are the certain activities which we are interested in, actually we have been doing and promoting internationally. Then we have a kind of app, a mobile app, it's called Red Zone. This app is available in iOS. This will talk about, so go to any city in the United States, we just click that, the pins drop. And it gives an information, how many crimes have occurred in that particular zip code, when, where exactly, you can localize the problems. So this is a fantastic software which our group has developed. It is there available for free. Anyone can use it. Most of the software support systems provide precise crime information like red zone map, the present and past, based on available databases, crime databases. The question that bothered me was whether it is possible to predict the occurrence of a type, a particular type of crime just now or just in future or within a week, within a month or so. Is it possible? Based on crime statistics, database is very important. It should be a genuine database, not a cooked up database. And other influencing factors, they are called collateral information. The prediction accuracy is more in the case of computers when compared to humans because computers are able to grind data, big data, and make instant logical decisions based on inferential rules and theorem proving capabilities, which a professor was working on the discrete event systems and technological specifications. That was the route, you know, using which I have developed this kind of uh, a project. This is what's called machine learning. I'm not going to the topics machine learning. It's a huge topic. 
We call this as machine perception of future events. Is this a fiction or a reality? I refer to a particular uh, Minority Report. Mr. Film Minority Report previewed about a pre-crime unit. In other words, police try to predict uh, who would commit crimes and then arrest them before they commit the crimes. That film premiered in 2002. It was a tremendous blockbuster. A lot of people saw it, but uh, during that time, folks were saying, ah, sci-fi stuff, no, this stuff will really come true in the future. All the things that we saw in that movie. And I tell people, go back and watch that movie because what we're seeing today, we're seeing that movie played out. Here's the plot. The year is 2054. The place is Washington, D.C., working in the city in which there has been no murder committed in six years, due in large part to his efforts combining widespread surveillance with behavior prediction technologies. John Anderton, who's played by actor Tom Cruise, is chief of the Department of Free Crime in Washington, D.C. He uses precognitive technology to capture would-be criminals before they can do any damage, in other words, before they commit crimes. Unfortunately, John Anderton gets caught up into the system where he is accused of a pre-crime and he is tracked and tries to escape. As I said, seemingly, most of the technology people saw in this film they thought would never occur. Well, a mere 10 years later, almost everything that we saw in that film 10 years ago is now fact. Let's now contrast fiction with the reality check. Fiction. In Minority Report, please use holographic data screens, citywide surveillance cameras, dimensional maps, and database feeds to monitor the movements of its citizens. Reality check. Microsoft, in partnership with New York City, has developed a crime-fighting system that will allow police to quickly collate and visualize vast amounts of data from cameras, license plate readers, 9-11 calls, police databases, and other sources. It will then display the information in real time, both visually and chronologically, allowing investigators to centralize information about crime as they happen or are reported. Fiction. No matter where people go in the world of Minority Report, one's biometric data precedes them, allowing corporations to tap into their government profile and target them for advertising based on their highly individual characteristics. Reality check. Google is presently working on context-based advertising that will use environmental sensors in your cell phone, laptop, and so on to, to deliver targeted ads tailored to fit with what you're seeing and hearing in the real world. However, long before Google set their sights on context advertising, facial and iris recognition machines were being employed supposedly to detect criminals, streamline security checkpoint processes, and facilitate every day activities. In fact, by 2014, the FBI plans to launch a nationwide database of iris scans for use by law enforcement agencies in their effort to track criminals. Fiction. Not only Microsoft and uh, Google, they are working on this. Pentagram also is working. And we are very successful in creating a 3D cognitive engine, an artificial intelligence-based engine. It's a neural network, a 3D neural network. It's capable of predicting what's going to happen. Based on the statistics, I'm going to talk about that, based on the statistics, crime statistics, and uh, your collateral information, you know, media intelligence. Like that, we collect intelligence from various sources and do the job, and the machine, a thinking machine, does the job. I call this a thinking machine, way back in 1990. Well, the Dubai police, they have 
the space imaging Middle East. AI-based crime prediction software. I know about that, but I don't know the intricacies of that. The inner working of that particular software, I don't know, but I came to know that because of uh, you know my connections there. Some of the people who are in the security, you know, have been discussing, and they are working on this. The system uses those patterns to determine who's where crime may be likely to occur, so that we inform the police force where to best deploy officers and other resources. So this is what their objective was. One span, Dr. Spandan Kar is from IIT Karakpur. He's the leader of that. And I don't know the progress of that particular project. This American Civil Liberties Union, the argument is data carries the embedded racial biases. Data is used to further concentrate enforcement activities in communities that are already over-policed rather than to meet human needs. This is what they said. The crime prediction support system, what we deem to develop, almost 25% of the project is over. We use novel machine learning techniques based on the paradigm what we have developed. In fact, I showed to Professor, I gave my book also to him. You know, he knows about what we are doing. It's called symbolic computing, signals and image processing. That paradigm, logical mathematical paradigm in which the artificial intelligence machine learning algorithms have been developed, these algorithms work on genuine crime databases without causing any damage to the dignity of any ethnic society. This is very important because ethics have to be taken into account. Applied ethics. All of you know the meaning of applied ethics, military ethics, and whatnot and whatnot. Even in police department, we have some ethics we have to follow. The objectives to develop a state-of-the-art crime analytics and prediction support system that involves a plethora of software components and IoT, Internet of Things, to customize the product for the benefit of individual security agencies, real estate businessmen media, various research and service organizations. The architecture of the CPSS is like this. There will be a kernel. You will have various plug-in modules you have here. The first module is safe travel support system. The person who is a motorist going is going actually the highway. We don't know what's going to happen there in the particular. So if he knows the crime status of various zones, zip codes, he will be able to change his movement. Okay. The second thing is crime zone surveillance system. There is a, we already deployed, I mean, what you call deployed, a scheduled, what you call, uh, engine, CPSS version 1 in our server, red zone server, which automatically gets, gets into the FBI database, gets the details, and predicts what's going to happen. And it is being examined by various security agencies in the United States. Then commandos, engagement planning advisor. This is very useful, this kind of a system, useful for the military person. Then crime alert system for media is also equally important. Now, how do we look at this system in the model theoretic sense? This is a system. 
how are we going to look at it? You have this crime database, you have collateral information, one, two, three, four, n number of CPSS is a self-learning, multiple input, multiple output, control system, powered by machine learning rules. So this engine will decide and direct or guide or support the police personnel to change, you know, an individual, the travel direction, send intelligence report, send additional forces, and update database. All kinds of stuff it gets. Now the criminologist, if you go through this magazine, you have around about crime theory, which I am teaching in the National Police Academy of India. This particular, you know, there are around uh, 137 modules in 27 categories to be studied on a regular basis in order to understand the basics of crime theory. Until otherwise, people understand, go through in a formal, what you call, the course on this. 137 modules, now they will not be able to really understand the judiciary or the security personnel or whatever. You know, they will be able to really appreciate and create something, contribute something to the judiciary or the security only when you follow these courses. This is what I have suggested to the Home Ministry, Department of Home, Internal Affairs. The developmental phase, the conceptual I am going to talk about. This, a person is driving, okay? Now, see there's a place called Toli Chauki. He goes to Hyderabad uh, city, high-tech city, where a lot of companies are situated. Very, very huge companies are there. Somebody going to travel. It's a conceptual model. You can see he goes, he drives like this. The black dot is the guy who is driving through that particular area, I mean that particular road, he reaches the particular now, if you give this travel support system to the motorist, he will have a guard band. In his uh, dashboard, you'll have a guard band. He will understand, he will move to different, different directions. Safe zones, we call. So he seeks for safe zones and he reaches safely. So this is an important application of a theory. For example, the same, what I call the map I'm showing you here. Uh, I'm in green zone. Green zone means no crime at all, that particular place. Now, my surrounding, I'm going forward. I'm just looking into various directions. They're all unknown, like amber light. We don't know whether it's crime zone or it's a crime-free zone. We don't know. Then crime-free zone is one possibility. Then always crime, you know, everywhere you see crime zone. This is another possibility. It's a mixed possibility. So this is how the decision support system gives you suggestive measure. You drive like this, go like this, go like this. We would like to tie up with the Google map. We already talked to them. They've agreed to do that. So now this is a global database. We are interested in meeting with a lot of government agencies to provide us the crime database so that we'll be able to support them. This is our intention. In a global level, not only in India, not only in the United States, in Canada, different, different places, you know, we want to really support for the benefit of the society and the government agencies too. Now, the concept goes like this. 
<coughs> now the time slices of crime data day month year everything is adjusted you know the database is adjusted accordingly every time you choose a particular database is reformatted accordingly so you have the first let's say a month this month data database is there the previous month data now we are in october what about uh, september what about august like that you can have so you have a stack of data it's a 2d we call this as 2d data and the entire thing put together is called 3d database 3d crime database that's what all about 3d crime data stack is a user choice you can create automatically the engine will create the database for you will restructure the database and present it to you now this is called vertical crime profile vcp something like a vertical seismic profile civil engineers do we have created this notion called vertical crime profile so this month previous month previous month like that oh this year previous year like that you can do today yesterday day before like that you can have you can create reorganize the database accordingly the engine does the job automatically it's your choice now and decide 3d crime data to be tunneled along the spatial window you have map we structured united states as crime zones entire united states we have separated in the lattice form we have done that okay we make use of cellular automata concepts to find the evolution of the crime which i'm going to discuss very soon so that is the data tunnel you might have heard about data mining so we have created a story it's called data tunneling so 3d data tunneling so what it does the engine that tunneling engine it does the job takes out the particular what you call the subset of that and it shows and gives that to the input uh, as an input to the engine now we have collateral information that is also fed now the engine works and gives the output and these are the outputs so this is the approximately what we call the world crime data stack and data tunneling is a hypothetical model though it was hypothetical model now it's working the only thing is we need database that's it well definition of a crime now i'm coming to the point the activity that causes mental intellectual psychological physical harm to self suicidal is also a crime self or other individual or a group of individuals or societies is called crime such an activity by defying the conscious conscientious and geopolitical rules and laws is punishable if the gravity of the activity exceeds the threshold set by the laws then the lawmakers the criminal what you call study people the professors and other scientists who are working on that they have to understand the threshold it's not a fixed threshold it may be a dynamic threshold because the crime is again is a spatial temporal entity varies from place to place time to time causes of crime poverty parental neglect low self esteem alcohol and drug abuse some people are at greater risk of becoming offenders because of circumstances into which they are born where you are born that also decides your behavior to certain extent the genetic makeup of people contribute to intolerance and violent thought processes which lead to criminal activities we have been doing one of my 
I produce around 75 PhDs as on date. One person he did a criminal, you know, the crime and the genetics like that. He had done some work on that. PhD report is there with me, phone I can share with you. We have found out from some of the, you know, what you call the scientists who are in Finland, we understood that the monoamine oxidase A is a gene. We call it as a rogue gene. This rogue gene is available in every human being. The moment it expresses itself, then we start thinking violently, act violently. It's a system, autonomic system. There is a stimulus and you have an output. You output, you offend, you do something, activity. So the characteristic eigenvectors and eigenfunctions, the eigenvalues of the system, every individual is decided by monoamine mono, oxidase A gene. So what are the primophasy? What are the different factors which cause quick expression of these genes? We say the fundamental thing, what we talk about is food. Food is very important. The place where you live, the parental, you know, uh, your, uh, whatever uh, support you get, your monetary, your economic uh, status, your employability. Many people are not employable. So they become, you know, it's a kind of, you know, some people say, uh, do this, do this, don't do that. No, you get motivated by that. You know, all kinds of things, you know, there are the causal factors. But if you are able to control the mono, I mean, oxidase A gene, it's not expressible, then you are not going to think violently. It's been proven beyond doubt. We've been tested. Even the genetic test was done, carried out on various criminals, and people have found in Finland that this gene expresses. Well, intolerance, the root cause of crime. At present, human beings suffer from tolerance deficiency syndrome. <laughs> we talked about you know, immunodeficiency syndrome. Now we have developed this concept, tolerance deficiency syndrome. Many people have this problem, almost every one of us. TDS of an individual may be due to his or her genetic makeup, and it is called latent, inherent, born with you, tolerance deficiency syndrome, LTDS. Or it may be an acquired one called acquired tolerance deficiency syndrome, ATDS. Remember, LTDS is gene-based, ATDS is neighborhood-based. Tell me who your friend is. I'll tell who you are. Kennedy, you know, was talking, everybody knows that. So the neighborhood causes a lot of problems in one. Now, crime is a subjective spatio-temporal activity, I told you. The one which is treated as crime. Morning I was talking to Professor Von Ham about that. He was talking. <coughs> Sometimes you say this is crime. But in another country, another space, or another geographical position, that's not treated as a crime. So it depends on, society depends on, even time changes, even astrophysical causal factors are there. You know, in India, astrology is, you know, people are famous. They are able to predict using astrology. The astrology related, not only related to human beings, but related to space, related to the, uh, the place also. People are able to really do a good job on that. That's another student of mine, he's working on that. Crime and astrology, he's working on that. Well, crime report is usually present in a tabular form. The entities of the table would be categorized under place, 
Number two, type of crime. Number three, number of crimes committed over a finite period of time. The crime statistics is computed using common tools of analysis or programming. You have TensorFlow. Google has brought out TensorFlow. You can make use of all this, but we are not doing that. We have created our own technology, mathematics. Based on that only, we have created this. So, we can definitely go ahead with this. This is called prediction of crime based on statistics. The prediction process is governed by canonical rules of probability and detection estimation theory. This course I taught in IIT Kanpur, probability theory and detection estimation theory, uh, which is very, very important to decide or predict what's going to happen next. Let us consider some crimes, murder, terrorist attack, and rapist attack, racist attack, uh, incidental robbery, planned robbery, alcoholic attack, rape, political unrest, civil unrest, teasing, lots of such things, 10 such crimes we have created. We have created and given to our partners in the United States, intent was given to the Federal Bureau of Investigation. They created 16 types of crimes. So we are following F-based publications. 16 types of crimes, we are working on that. So each crime team, crime type is a seventuple. I have clearly given crime ID, crime type, the GPS coordinates, your time, date, month, year, then the predator ID, the criminal, okay? The prey ID, individual group, and the status, how long the case is going on in the court, how long the FIR has been filed in the police station, what's the progress about that? So the status will be given there. This is each and every crime is treated as a seventuple. Next is each crime type is treated as a state. It's like a finite state machine. State with the state variable side. The linear array of 10 state variables corresponding to the 10 crime types is called crime vector. So we call this as a crime vector. So we are going to get into a different uh, you know, a domain may be a little difficult to follow because of the mathematics involved in that. I'll be skipping over most of them. I'll be just explaining plain English. We have psi 1 to psi 10. These are these is a crime vector. We call the concept of a crime vector and crime vector space. Signal is a subspace of a Hilbert space and a system is a bounded linear operator connecting one Hilbert space to other Hilbert space. We say that. I taught my students that. So crime, crime space also we created like this. Crime vector and crime vector space. I'm skipping this. So we total, in total, we call this a crime space. It's like a Hilbert space, crime space. Any subspace, your crime is a subspace of crime space. This is what I would like to tell. Well, we make use of cellular grid model. That's what we are working on. Cellular automata model for Neumann and uh, you know uh, Wolfram. See from Wolfram is an, uh, you know we, we work actually together on the cellular automata and cellular logic array processing. Um, we evolve cellular automata talks about discrete lattice variables associated with every cell and how it evolves with respect to time. So any time 
discrete time, space, process could be ideally modeled using cellular automaton, not by difference equations or partial differential equations. So this is what we are doing. So this is uh, AI-based self-learning, reproductive, self-organizing neural network. We call this as a cybernetic brain. It has got a characteristic. We have created this engine. This is a 2D engine we have created. We are creating no 3D engine, which I am going to talk to you. Deep learning 3D engine. This is enjoying three properties. The property of genetic algorithm, self-reproduction capability. The, the property of a cellular automaton, self-organizing property. And intuitive algorithm. So three types of properties it is able to show. And the neural network talk about self-learning. Everybody knows about neural I don't have to spend time on that. So it's basically a neural network coined or developed, a new kind of neural network developed which satisfies these three properties. It's the first time we have done that. <coughs> Self-learning, self-reproductive, and self-organizing property. <coughs> Can you uh, wrap up in a few minutes? Yep. Thank you. Right up. So the deep space and the deep learning Algorithms have been developed and uh, we have created a 3D engine for this. This is the 3D engine. It's called cognitive engine. We make use of linear estimators, non-linear estimators, make use of a Bayesian criterion to decide what's going to happen tomorrow. These are hypothesis, binary hypothesis testing. Is likelihood ratio test. If passes the threshold, it is, is a crime. It's not a crime like that we do. Then MRI hypothesis testing also we do. Later stages now we'll be implementing this MRI. So to summarize, the CPSS to be developed for the red zone applications would have to would have a deep learning cognitive system that employs Bayesian detector estimator for predicting the occurrence of a crime or a finite set of crimes at a place and at a particular instant or duration of time. This amounts to saying that we should be able to see or predict near future events. Now, this is the concept of today's tomorrow. You see tomorrow, see the crime, tomorrow's crime today. 
the basic philosophy is a very important philosophy. Uh, I would suggest the students to make a note of it, actually. Anything you want to do in artificial intelligence, it is not a universal phenomenon. You have to model a particular process. This particular process, crime dynamics, we have modeled as a physics of what I call crime dynamics. You can see the second paragraph. The prediction algorithm makes use of all the eight values. You have a series of data. First week, second week, third week, how many crimes have been committed in a particular place? We take, for example, shooting in Chicago. We investigate in Chicago like anything. First week, second week, third week, 52 weeks in a year. We take the sequence, then that is called a discrete time signal. Okay? So we are going to you know, detect. How are we going to predict actually? First eight sample points you need, the ninth one will be able to predict. How are you going to predict the crime dynamics is happening this way? It's a physics-like model. The prediction algorithm makes use of eight values and predicts the ninth value by treating the eight values as the velocities of an autonomous vehicle, okay? Running with the help of a pseudo-random accelerator. You have a car, you just drive the car, you know the velocity, you accelerate. The velocity is due to acceleration. That is how we do. So the crime acceleration or crime velocity is the same. The pseudorandom accelerator, so that its velocities are pseudorandom in their what you call magnitudes. This is what we have done. For example, the basic formula, ninth predicted velocity is equal to ninth estimated velocity minus estimated acceleration. Eighth estimated acceleration. This is a philosophy. This is a formula we have identified. Works. This is called law of octet. It works very precisely. It is our IP intellectual property. Real-time use case of Chicago shooting in 2016. Week-wise crime velocity sequence XFN pertaining to the real-time uh, what do you call the Chicago shooting in 2016. We refer to, uh, we got an access to the FBI database. We got this. And the XFN, that's the sequence, velocity sequence, means number of shootings that occurred in a particular zip code. The first, well, the first week, second week, third week, like that, 52 weeks. Now, the physics of crime dynamics, the real-time case is the predicted velocity. Using this, using our prediction algorithm, only one point only I'm giving you. Other things, it's a large number. It's not a you know, one or two hours lecture. It's a kind of a semester course, okay? So we predicted it, and we got this result, the actual data and the predicted data. So we tested n number of times in n number of zip codes, cities of the United States. We got a prediction accuracy of 98.2%. This is a dashboard of a unit. The trend, the crime trend, that also we're going to give. Now, the question is, all right, you have created a software, you have created a system. What's going to happen? Now, I'm applying this. Now you can see the red zone, slowly the arrow comes down, it becomes a green zone. Using our software and our intellectual, whatever you know, product we have created, if people make use of illegal people and crime, what you call security people, they make use of it, really they make use of it. If they're able to get the green zone, then it is a success. It changes occur. Red zone has become green zone.
success. Otherwise, if they are not using properly, it will not, it will remain same. Crime zone will remain as a crime zone. That's it. The concluding remarks. Success of this project mainly depends on the genuineness of the available crime data. We shall achieve it. Sure. May all humans be happy. May kings rule the earth righteously. May all species of the world be happy at all times. May all worlds be flooded with peace. This is the objective of crime prediction support system. Om Swasti Prajabhya Paripalayantam Nyayena Margena Mahim Mahisha Go Brahmane Vyashubha Mastanityam Loka Samastha Sukhino Bhavantu If the ruler rules the country righteously, the entire people, the citizens will be very happy. That's the ultimate of things. Thanks for patient listening. Time for discussion, please.